Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, a place to share new ideas, speak freely, and continuously find ways to live our best lives. And now your host, Tim Stoddart. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Tim Stoddart. Welcome to Tim Stodds FM. Thank you so much for joining me. Shit, I'm excited about this week's episode. These guys were so cool. It was probably one of the most exciting companies that I've found. And I was thrilled that I was able to get these two fine gentlemen on my podcast. Before we get into this week's episode, let me catch you guys up with uh, with what's been going on. So as the diehard Tim Stodd's FM listeners know, I didn't put out an episode last week. And I'm sorry about that. I was in Los Angeles. I was in sunny California meeting a friend of mine, getting uh, some dinner, talking shop. I love LA. It's no wonder that, that people go there and they just feel gravitated to be there. I got some people trying to convince me to move out there as well, but uh, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I'm enjoying my time here in Nashville and and I'm I'm in this phase of my life, man, where I'm I'm trying not to take everything so seriously. You know, not every second has to be about optimizing my life and and finding ways for like the most successful career, the most successful life and the best relationships and, and all that shit. Sometimes I can just relax and be myself and, and enjoy the work that I do. And so so that's what I've been trying to do. I've been making sure that I'm enjoying my blog, getting my daily posts out there every day, by the way. For all the diehard readers, I can't even tell you how much I appreciate your support. It's such an amazing feeling to see all of the people that religiously open my blog posts and my newsletter through my the, the daily emails that I send out and the replies that I get from all of y'all. It's like, it's it's so fucking motivating and inspiring to me. So so thank you all. And uh and in my podcast as well, I'm, I'm trying to just find interesting people. I'm trying to find fascinating people that are doing things that they're passionate about and finding ways to tell those stories. So, so it's a work in progress, but man, I just, I really, really appreciate all the support. So a, a few things to get caught up on. Um, Stodzi, my agency, we're about to totally launch a brand new website. I cannot wait to show everybody this website. It's, it's probably the most um, clean and just refreshing design that David has ever done, I think. A kid is just so talented and he just keeps getting better and better, refining his design process. And, and together we're learning about, you know, how to effectively combine design with like minimalist copywriting. And, uh, and I'm really excited. Hopefully by the time this podcast goes out, which will be tomorrow, which will be the 29th, uh, the website will be live. So we'll see. Stodzy.com to check that out. S-T-O-D-Z-Y. All right, enough of me rambling. Let's get into this week's episode. This week I interviewed two gentlemen, Franco Rivas and Gonzo Sanchez. They are both uh, born in Argentina and they make me feel uh, like... I don't work that hard and like I'm not that smart. So they're they're both multilingual. Um, they've both 
worked together and, and started companies. And the company that we talked about in this week's episode is called weekly.gg. It is a weekly newsletter that informs young entrepreneurs and young business professionals about the week's most relevant and important esports news. I know I've been on a weekly esports kick, guys. I can't help it. I'm just so excited about the future of esports and about competitive gaming and what it's going to look like in the next six months, the next year, the next five years, the next 10 years. I'm telling you guys, this shit's going to take over. With all of that, I'm making a bold prediction right here, right now. Weekly.gg is going to be one of the most important media outlets in the entire industry. Uh, the product that these two gentlemen put out every week is really phenomenal. It's a, a beautiful newsletter. It's informative. It's entertaining. It's easily digestible. And uh, God, I'm just so excited about what they're doing. I'm like a fan. I'm a real fan of, of, of their product. And I was really thrilled that they came out onto my podcast. All right. It's been about five minutes of me aimlessly uh, rambling about my life <laughs> and about the things that are going on with it. So please, please help me welcome Franco Rivas and Gonzo Sanchez from weekly.gg. Yeah, definitely. Are you guys ready to do this? Yeah, man, for yeah. sure. Ready to roll. Fantastic. Well, Franco, Gans, thank you so much for joining me, joining me on my show today. I really appreciate you taking the time on a Saturday to come chat with me. No, man, thanks for Absolutely. having us. Yeah. Very happy to be here. Great. So, well, first, two things. Uh, we're just going to kind of jump right in. This is the first time I've ever had two people on my show at one time. Oh. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, like, the different dynamic of, uh, of uh, a, a conversation in that way. Yeah, but fine. to start off, I, I'm like – my show isn't an esports show. It's kind of a mix between like an entrepreneurial show and and just finding like really fascinating people. But so much of the last couple months has just been uh, having guests that are involved in the esports scene in many different ways. My last guest was a guy that actually created like the first esports uh, stock. And um, a couple of weeks before that, I had a, a pretty big esports streamer. And I just, I can't help but, but get you guys on the show because what's going on in this scene is like so exciting to me and just so like fascinating because nobody really knows exactly where it's going to go or where it's going to head. And I guess I just wanted to start with, with your guys' take on how how you even got involved in, in the gaming scene in the first place. Like, were you guys gamers as a kid? Are you not gamers and just kind of like the scene to tell me a little bit about, about that context for you? Yeah. Why? So I think that both of us, so we, we Gonzalo and I, we know each other for a long time uh, since we're kids. And when we were younger, we used to play some games. We're not the type of people that would be like full gamers. We've never been, but we used to play like a little bit of, uh, you know, Age of Empires, maybe back in the day, but for, as well. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think a little bit is a bit of an understatement. Uh, we we played quite a bit. But <laughs> we're definitely not the like the prior gamer uh, types. Uh, but yeah, we we played quite a bit. Age of Empires, Counter Strike, uh, FIFA, yeah. whatever we could get our hands on when we were kids. Yeah, and on my end, later on when. 
I traveled to U.S. when I was, I did like two years of college in Argentina and then I went to the United States and I'd never seen what esports was. I just knew a little bit about games, that's it. And when I was over there, I was in Kansas, I found out these people in a gaming club playing League of Legends and I guess that was the first time I saw it uh, in a competitive way. And I really got very interested in how committed they were and, and how specifically they were thinking on what it takes to be a pro gamer. So that's what I first saw the scene pretty much like four or five years ago. Yeah, on my end. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, on my end, I started. Uh, so a friend of mine who lives like right next door started playing uh, Age of Empires all over again. And I started following like the Age of Empires crossing and watching, watching streamers, uh, watching tutorials, just trying to, to beat his ass. And that's, that's how I started uh, when I was uh, a bit older. So you said something there that really uh, stood out to me. And you said how competitive it was. And I think that's probably one of the main things that, that people need to understand these days. For instance, I don't know if you guys wrote about it in your newsletter. Um, I think you did. And obviously, we're going to talk about, about the newsletter, weekly.gg. But on Twitter, um, there was like a big storm of people freaking out that there was, I think it was, um, maybe it was a League of Legends match that was on, on ABC. And people are going like, oh my God, what is this? The world's coming to an end. There's <laughs> sports on TV. But like what, what you said there, which really stood out, is imp an important distinction. You said it's competitive. It's not just sitting around a living room playing games. There's like real competition involved and real stakes involved and real money involved and real like hard work involved, you know, it's, it's, it's not just playing games, it's training what you were talking about. And it took me a little while to, to see the difference there. But once I did, I really started to like respect it as an industry. No, definitely. It's absolutely crazy to think about it, but it's, it's a reality. I mean, if you think about it way back in the day when I guess football started, like a lot of people I'm pretty sure were like, Dude, what the fuck are these people doing? They're just chasing a ball. Right. And, and later on, literally, they know now it's the biggest entertainment and form of competition out there. It's the yeah. same with esports. It's completely the same. There's a few, just a little few amount of people that are able to, to reach that, I guess, level of technique and skill and mentality to be a pro. It's not just, you know, smashing some keys and that's it. It really takes a lot. It really takes a lot of skill to be there. Um, and it depends, obviously, on the game, right? Different games, different skills. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that, I think I, I didn't grow up playing video games too much. I would play Halo with my friends from time to time and obviously GoldenEye and just those kind of games where you could sit around a TV and sort of scream and yell at each other. But for me, I was kind of trolling around on YouTube, I think, and I saw a live competitive match of StarCraft in Seoul, South Korea, and basically sold out, you know, like an arena. I remember just looking yeah. at it at this, at this video. It was four or five years ago, and I never seen anything like it. I was like, I don't know, like, what <laughs> is this? And it really just kind of captured my imagination and, and got my attention. And now, since that scene has 
I think it's kind of safe to say that Seoul, South Korea continues to be like the mecca of, of a lot of competitive esports, but it's, it's global now, you know, yeah. Europe and Germany and obviously the U S and, uh, from talking to you, it's, it's getting bigger and bigger in South America as well. I mean, where do you see this stopping? Do you, do you feel like I feel that it's going to be the biggest entertainment industry that there is? Or do you think that there's a cap on it? Uh, I will think it's stopping. Uh, and we're, we're actually betting uh, part of our livelihood on it uh, with, with, with our company. Um, I think uh, esports uh, is probably the biggest industry like no one's talking about, just people who are uh, you know, close to it. I think that will change, like especially when, once you look at like the readership numbers, for instance. Like the last League of Legends final had a bigger audience than most of the uh, American uh, like sporting events, except the Super Bowl. So to be honest, uh, I don't think it's stopping. Like the numbers are impressive right now. But what's most impressive, it's, it's also the growth rate. You can see the industry just growing at an unprecedented rate every single year. So uh, I don't think it's stopping. I know what you think, Frank. No, definitely. I think, I think it's, it really showed a lot of, in the last five years, it showed the potential and it's definitely here to stay. It's interesting how, what is the path that it's going to take. There's a lot of path it, it could go. It could go you know, wrong in a, lot of, in a lot of ways. It could really go in others. But it's not stopping it. I don't think it's, it's definitely going to grow. I think you guys are right. And quickly, I want to just get into the reason why I invited you guys on the show in the first place. I wanted to start with like a little bit of context about esports so that if people uh, listening to this don't have as much uh, familiarity with it, they get a grip, uh, an understanding as to how big it is and how big it's getting. But really why I wanted to talk to you is because of your guys' newsletter. I'm a huge proponent of newsletters. I think that mm -hmm. from a marketing standpoint, email is, has, and probably always will be like the most uh, effective marketing channel. And I think it's really the case, especially now where there's so many different people fighting for ridiculous, uh, not what do I say? Not valuable attention like Facebook likes and Instagram likes from a marketing standpoint, it's not nearly as valuable as like a really, really strong email list. And, uh, and I saw your newsletter, man, and I'm just so <laughs> excited about it. Like, first off, you guys put out a really, really good product. And I mean that it's, it's difficult That's to nice. be a good writer. It's, it's difficult to write newsletters in a way where like, you format it properly with bullet points and kind of short sentences and like knowing what to put bold so that you can keep people's attention. You guys do a really, really great job on it. So I could ramble on about it because like I'm, I'm really <laughs> excited about it, but I want to hear where you guys got the idea and like when you decided, yeah, fuck it, let's do this. Um, uh, we're big proponents of news newsletters as well. Um, I agree with you 100%. Like email, um, it's an underrated channel. People have been saying that email is dead and will be dead for, for years. And we see company, like new companies popping up in the space, like Superhuman uh, as an email client or companies like Inside, Substack, or just newsletters like, like ourselves. Uh, email is not dead at all. At all. Um, it's, it's growing. Um, that's, that's where about six seven months ago uh we started uh with a different newsletter called called seat table uh that's where we sort of got our feet wet uh 
and then uh, Frank and I sort of uh, teamed up uh, and came up with the weekly, um, mostly based on, on his his background, which he can tell us a bit about. Well, I think that is something that you said that is really important. That um, it's true that there's so much stuff and information outside, especially in esports, because most of the people that are involved in esports they come from the digital, right? And not only the people that are creating the content, but also the streamers, the programmers, all of them, yeah. they create their content. So it's, there's an insanely amount of information around. And, and for us, uh, you know, Gonski showed us the ways of newsletters and how they grow and how personal they can get. And, and we thought that was a great opportunity to throw out in the industry. And, and we didn't see it, you know, in another, in other companies. So we wanted to have that little personal email every Friday at your door and, tell you a little bit about all things esports in a way that everybody can understand, not only the veterans, but also the newcomers. So what do you think is the, the core behind what you guys write about? Would you consider yourself a news, a, a news-based newsletter? Are you an entertainment newsletter? Like what's, what's your core message? Who are you trying to speak to? So we're talking to the business professionals of esports, right? Um, this is a curated newsletter that we do grab the most important that happened during the week uh, for the people that are, in general, the people that are involved is you know, high executives, CEOs, uh, head of partnerships of endemic and non-endemic sponsorships. And we try to talk to them, to, to the investors that are trying to get into the, into the scene, um, but in an entertained way. I think we are a form of entertainment at some point. We try to have that voice that is an informal, conversational, and human voice. Yeah, I, I think you guys do it really well. You, you mix the informative element with the entertainment element because you have to be kind of entertaining, you know, or else it's, I don't know, just a, a finance report or an investment report. Yeah. But when I look at it, it's like a perfect blend between young entrepreneurs and business professionals that sort of see this as something that they, you know, maybe want to do with their lives or get involved with. And as a gamer, one of the cool things about esports is there's kind of drama involved with it as well. There's storylines and there's yeah. like, there's different people competing against each other, whether that's in a game or whether that's in business. And I, I noticed that you guys do that really well. You find those, those, drama points where you can you know pull a story out of and then you tell it in a very short bite-sized digestible manner yeah definitely one of the one of the things that we wanted to sort of mimic when we started is we imagine ourselves like being your esport friend you know that guy who knows a bunch about esports uh, but he's not either uh super nerdy or super business you just your cool friend who knows about esports and he's telling you about everything related to esports so cool storylines but also business stuff and who fundraise money and what cool partnerships are going on just over beer and that's that's sort of the tone and the style that we're going after uh, and i think i think it's 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 working <laughs> i was just reading this book about uh about kind of defining your USP, he called it, your unique selling proposition. Like, what are you that nobody else is? And I think it's brilliant that from the very beginning, you guys even have that tagline, like, 
were your cool friend that tells you about esports. When you said that, I can kind of picture myself like hanging out around a bar with <laughs> some of my friends, you know, and maybe my cool friends like throwing back a beer or something like that, telling me about all the crazy stories that happened to him this week. I, what a that's so important. A lot of brands have an idea, but they really struggle with their identity, I guess. And yeah. it's great that you guys have that first because you can grow into your content, but it's hard to like grow into a, to an identity. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think that happens when you don't think enough a lot or when, when you don't start with your customer, um, if you start thinking about your, or who your customer is, and in our case, a subscriber, uh, then you, as a function of that, you can't be everything to, to everyone. You need to, to be super relevant to that customer. And that's, I think that's when we started uh, like realizing that we needed to, to be super specific and super relevant and sort of defining ourselves and then start from there. Yeah, also at the end of the day, like most of the people that are in charge of these teams and these companies are very young in this industry, right? Like yeah. now, now there's wild like, how much money there is with like people crazy. that are too young to have that much money. Yeah, you can see you can see examples of young people that are really stepping up the game of how things are, are done correctly, but there's a lot of a lot of young people that have mistakes because they get all these injections of money. It's a lot of money and they you know, they maybe rush opportunities or rush decisions. And because all these people are young, I guess that the tone that, that we're doing in the newsletter works because they want to hear it like that. They, they want to they wanna be informal in the way that the stories are told. Yeah, great point. And Gans, you made a point too, which I... We have a lot of things in common, I can tell, even just from this short conversation, because when you said you can't be everything to everybody, but you have to be something to somebody, you said something around there. There's yep. so much content and so much information that in order to really succeed, it's important to not try to think to yourself, I need to get as many subscribers as possible. Like It's better to have an, a smaller amount of subscribers by people that actually want to hear the shit that you're saying, you know? So sure. you know exactly who it is that you're talking to. You guys are in a, a perfect starting position. And I, yeah, I, I, I talk about this a lot because I have a, just a methodology behind the brands that I start. And that's probably the first thing. Like the idea isn't to be as big as possible. The idea is to find the people in your tribe and like speak to them. And the fact that you guys already kind of have that, I think it shows that you're going to continue to have a, a real successful newsletter. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's for us. Is, that was one of the main things that we try to achieve at the beginning. You know, let's not, let's not just put advertising money, just throw it there and get as many people as possible. Let's try to build the content for just a little niche of people that we know they want this and, and try to, you know, make them happy so they can bring the people and, and build that mouth to mouth. Yeah. I, I think a, a good indicator of that is that we don't look that much at the number of subscribers. We care a lot more about the open rates and the number of clicks and the number of replies. Yes. That's, those are the metrics that we use for quality and engagement. And that's what, what cares, you know, uh, that, like that's what matters the most to us. Uh, and we, we'd rather have, uh, 
or focus our energy on, on delivering a fantastic product and getting a 65, 70% open rate than just uh, throwing something out there for thousands and thousands. Hold on. You guys have a 65% open rate? Uh, it go, it comes and goes, but it's, uh, it's yeah. usually over 50. Yeah. Yeah. No way. <laughs> over 50. You're kidding me. Yeah. Yeah. We're consistently over 50. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's amazing. Um, congratulations. First off, like that's amazing and, um, really, really exciting. So let let me trans, let me switch positions here a little bit. Even just talking to you guys, like it's clear that you didn't just have an idea and went with it. Like, you know what you're doing, even just kind of the terminology that you guys are using. So before we started record, recording, Gans, you, you briefly told me a little bit about your background. Um, you were involved in e-commerce, but Franco, I don't really know about your background. I, I probably should have started with this, but <laughs> just, just listening to you guys, like it's like I said, it's clear that you know like what you're doing and what you're talking about. So where'd you learn all? Where'd you learn all of this? Uh, we started. We, so we worked together at the beginning when we were like I can't remember. Gone. What time was it? Was it we were like nineteen? Nineteen. Okay. Yeah, so we 19, did, I think. Yeah, we did, we did like a startup together um, in Argentina. Um, Gons was always involved with, with growth marketing since he was young. He kind of took me in into the entrepreneurial life and, you know, he gave me some books. So I started creating <laughs> those two. And then later on, we, you know, we, we sold our business and then uh, each of us did a little path. So he went to keep working into growth marketing in different companies and then I went to study to uh, business in U.S. and graduated. And after that, I got involved more in the creative side of business. Uh, sorry, design, um, UX, UI, videography, uh, until I found Fanatic, which is one of the biggest teams in esports. Uh, it's located in London, and I wanted to work in esports since I when I you know when I discovered it in U.S. So I applied for uh, design a UX UI design position there. Um, and I worked there for a year and a half, and then we decided to, you know, make make ourselves and do it weekly, and came back together with Gons and another another friend from Argentina and, and build up with everything we knew. So we kind of combined, um, you know, Gons marketing side, um, my design and esports background, and and the other guy called Alan. He uh, is really good sales salesperson. So the three of us are kind of complementing what we're trying to create. So what was the business that you guys started together that you said you sold? You guys already sold a company? Yeah, that was uh, the, the e-commerce company I mentioned uh, at the beginning. We started it when I started with another friend when I was 19. Three or four months later, uh, I, I got Franco to join us and we ended up selling that company. Uh, of course, definitely not for a life-changing amount of money, uh, but it was for us at the time. Uh, and after that, that's sort of when we diversed uh, past. Uh, Franco got into business school. Uh, I got into growing stuff. Uh, I've been growing companies and startups for for the past, I don't know, seven, eight years or so, uh, mostly in the e-commerce and B2B space. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much pretty much it. But so, what was it? What was the first? Like you said, it was an e-commerce brand. Was it like oh, an yeah. Amazon store? Were you guys selling T-shirts? No, no. It was it was sort of like a first version of a DMVB, uh, sort of digital native vertical brand, with it uh, mostly clothes and stuff. Okay. Yeah. 
So it wasn't like a huge amount of money, but you guys got the experience of like starting something and then growing it and then scaling it and then selling it. I'm sure that was really valuable for you. Yeah, we raised some cash on the way, which also helped. So we got we got the experience, like we got everything. Uh, we got the the high highs, raising money, selling stuff, the low lows, uh, you know, just everything in between. Uh, and we got a bunch of experience. We were super young and we're we're super thankful, not only for that experience, but uh, for going through that experience together as a team. Like friends, I said, we're childhood friends, but we also went through a company. Uh, yeah together so that's that's definitely definitely helpful now like what uh, six seven years later we're starting another one uh, so exciting times yeah that is really exciting so uh, another thing i always try to add some like technical value to people listening because a lot of people follow me and they listen to my my podcast because of just the advice I give about growing brands and growing companies. So mm-hmm. I had actually, you mentioned Substack. I had Hamish McKenzie. He was one of the founders of Substack on my podcast. I think what they're doing is really, really cool. And they have like a cool monetization method where you give away most of your free content and then you just have subscribers for premium content or whatever. Yeah. It, it looks to me like you guys, um, <laughs> well, Truth be told, I haven't quite figured out how you guys plan on monetizing. With with newsletters, there's a few really, really tried and true monetization methods, but I think that a lot of people make the mistake of trying to monetize it too soon. And I get the impression that you guys are just worried or working towards building your follower base. But is there is there like a monetization path? I'm I'm curious on on what route you guys plan to take. So we actually have a monetization process right now working, which is we at, at the moment, the newsletter is 100% value. We are not monetizing that except from sponsors that want to sponsor the individual newsletter. The premium plans are, are on the go, but not at the moment. We want to wait for that. But, but what we do have is uh, it's a list called GigiList. So if you go to the webpage, uh, it's weekly.gg slash list. We created there is an esports network kind of database where you have thousands of data on companies, um, communities, people, investors, sponsors, all related to esports. Um, so that's our entry on monetization today. Yeah, we, we like to think of that as sort of like crunch base for esports, sort yeah. of like an MB, MVP hacky way. Uh, that's how we're monetizing right now. But on the newsletter side, we're not super super concerned about that yet um for me the the paid newsletter model is is definitely interesting uh i've been following substack for a while uh, i subscribe to a bunch of newsletters like strategy for instance so we're i think we're definitely going to explore that route and chances are that uh when the times come comes we're going to look into substack but for now like as as, we're, as i mentioned before what we're looking for or what we're trying to optimize for are, are those engagement metrics to make sure that we're really, really delivering value before asking for money, you know, hard-earned money in exchange. I think that's really cool. It's difficult to be patient with that kind of thing, but with newsletters especially because inboxes are so, um, what's the word? Like 
protected. Like, you, know, you know, we get spammed every single day in a million different ways, but you ever notice for some reason, if somebody gets a spam email, like you're just super pissed off and you feel like, I don't know, yeah. somebody like violated your personal yeah. space, you know, like yeah. email inboxes are really um, just protected and personal, I guess you could say, like we, we, we feel, place. yeah, it really is. So w- when somebody opts into a newsletter, or just opts into any kind of email, really. I think it's important to respect that because they gave you permission to say like, hey, I want you to, to talk to me. And if you violate that with like spamming them or trying to monetize it too early, I, I think you can really screw yourself. And I've seen people do that before. So I think that's great what you guys are doing. That's very true. Yeah. We, that's why we try to really connect with the, every person that subscribe with us. We, we try to engage the wheel of feedback. So we ask them where they're from, what they do, what, what they think about the newsletter. So we try to do all these, you know, process of feedback. I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, and through feedback, we're going to see when is the right opportunity to start creating premium content. Yeah. yeah. We, we spend uh, like a stupid amount of time just talking to our users. Just like uh, you've probably seen, we encourage them to reply, to talk to us. We jump on the phone with them. And you mentioned a word that for me is key. You mentioned permission. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've been a big proponent of email as a, not only as a marketing channel, but also as a communication channel ever since I read permission marketing by Seth Godin, uh, I don't know, like probably eight, nine, 10 years ago. Yep. So I, I think we're on the, on the same page there. Yeah. I, if Seth Godin ever listens to my podcast, I would be like embarrassed because I can't go an episode without one of his ideas <laughs> or concepts like popping up. Um, you know, permission marketing really changed the game for a lot of people. For me, it was linchpin. Just the idea that if, if you're trying to be what everybody else is, the only thing that you can do to differentiate yourself is make yourself cheaper. And that's a race to the bottom. So in order to succeed, you have to be what he calls a linchpin, which is something that like you can't go without, you know, and I would already consider you guys that like now that I've, I've subscribed to the, to the weekly and, and I, I get you guys in my inbox and I'm excited about it. Like it's, you can't go without it. You know, I did a whole blog post about this. There's just certain things that once you get it, you can't go back. Like Spotify is one of them for me. You know what I mean? Like I can never not have Spotify again for the rest of my life. Or, um, you know, for me, my Microsoft surface, like I can take it anywhere. I can take it on planes. It's got a keyboard, you know, like now that I have it, I can't ever not (laughs) have it again, you know? And, And, uh, yeah, he's yes. just a genius, man. Like, I don't even understand how he figures this shit out. He must just sit <laughs> around and kind of think about it. <laughs> he is, he's, he's a genius. But there's, it's funny, there's, there's a methodology to measure product market fit uh, that looks at how disappointed a user would be if your product wouldn't exist anymore as a yeah. proxy for product market fit. And I think uh, we're starting to look at things uh, in that way. How how essential are we for, for your life or for your weeks? Um, so, yeah. Man, I wonder, yeah, when you think about it that way, like what is the thing that esports business professionals need more than anything else? Is it information? Is it contacts? Is it 
you know, like being in the, in, is it being a step in front of everybody else that's trying to do what they do? That, that really makes me think when you, when you put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll think have a long way to go. We still need to talk to our users a lot more. Uh, right now we, we have our feds down. We're working hard on the product and the newsletter, but we don't know uh, where this will take us yet. And, uh, and it's for us, it's, that's, we're not scared for us. It's super exciting. That is very exciting. Um, man, I, I feel like I, I covered <laughs> most of the bases. It was a good coverage, man. Yeah. Say it again? It was a good coverage. Yes. We t- we went yeah, I appreciate things. it. I just, because with what happens with me with newsletters, like it's such a simple thing, but I really just kind of geek out over them because <laughs> they're so just direct. You don't have to, you don't have to go through Facebook. You don't have to go through Google. You don't have to fucking deal with algorithm updates or bait and switches like Facebook has done a million times. And as an SEO, you know, like I I always have to be on the lookout for that. But when you have somebody's email address, it's just you and it's them. And it's like a really, really personal relationship. So to hear you guys saying that, like you talk to your users all the time and you, you go back and forth with them, like you're really solidifying your brand. And I just, I think it's so cool, man. Like, I'm a fan of what you guys are doing. I'm really excited about it. Thanks, man. We appreciate that. Thanks. We're, we're really good. We're really good. Great. So before we sign off, um, let's just talk about where people can find out more about you guys personally and, of course, where they can sign up. Gosh, you want to go? Yeah, sure, sure. So uh, you can sign up to a newsletter. That's weekly.gg. Uh, I also mentioned the different newsletter that we run called seedtable.com. That's, that's about startups uh, and tech in Europe. Uh, you can find me about myself. I'm Gon Sanchez S on Twitter. Uh, probably the link to that, it's, it's hard to, to get at the first time. The link to that will probably be in the show notes. Uh, I'll send it over. Franco? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Glass of Jaeger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, yeah, as one said, the newsletter, our main point, come talk to us. We would love to meet new people and tell them about esports. Sounds yeah. great, man. Really, really, again, appreciate your guys' time. Um, come back. Let's, let's do this again in like a year and we could talk about how much growth you guys have had and, and how successful it's been, all right? We would love Absolutely. to. We have we'll we'll a lot of fun. Sounds great. Yeah. Appreciate it, fellas. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. All right. Thank, see you. thank you for having us. Later. Hey guys, it's me. It's Tim. One last time before we wrap up, just wanted to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave me an honest rating. Please follow me on Spotify. It's the best thing you can do to support the show. If you want to find out more, go to timstods.com. Feel free to fill out the contact form to reach out to me personally. I always respond. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.